All right. Welcome, everyone, to today's Google Search Central SEO Office Hours Hangout. Um, my name is John Mueller. I'm a search advocate on the search relations team here at Google in Switzerland. And part of what we do are these office hour sessions uh, where people can jump in and ask their question around their website and web search. Uh, we have a bunch of questions on YouTube as well, which we can go through. But uh, there are some people here with their hands already up. So maybe we'll just jump right in there. Uh, let's see. Akash, I think you're up first. Hi, John. Hi. Uh, so my question is related to the uh, pages uh, which are uh, uh, directly can rack at uh, 8th or 10th or 12th, and suddenly they disappear from the surf. So is it really like uh, Google is still trying to understand the overall website quality, or there could be some other technical issues? Because when the pages are live, they are in the sub. Like when they get indexed, they are placed at like 8th position, 10th, or 12th, or 15th. So being at very close or near to the first page and suddenly dropping out from the sub, uh, how does Google take it? Like, Is it more kind of uh, the quality issues that Google feel, or there could be some other technical issues? I, I don't think there is anything specific that would cause like like rankings to change like that. So that usually is is something which which is quite natural and that sometimes over time things go up and then they can also go down uh, it can also happen that uh, pages drop out of the index and new pages come into the index kind of this i don't know this uh, light change over time that's kind of expected so uh, i but, i wouldn't but, say yeah. it's it's like indicative of a quality issue or a technical issue of course like quality and technical issues can cause that too, but just because this happens for some pages, I, I wouldn't necessarily see that as a sign that it must be a quality or a technical issue. Um, however, it is mostly like related to ninety-nine percent of all form all pages. So all of my pages, they they suddenly get ranked at somewhere more closer to the first page and suddenly disappear. Like they they could be there for one or two days and then they disappear. So is it more related to the website quality issue that Google is still trying to figure out whether this website is uh, being correct to show it to the users, or, or still there could be like some more kind of like technical issues, or maybe some JavaScript issues, because we are using React as a server-side rendering. So even that could have been caused something related to that. I mean, if you're using server-side rendering, then the JavaScript wouldn't be playing a role there, because we would just see the HTML version. Um, if, if it were technical issues, usually that would be pretty clear in Search Console, in that like, those pages returned a 404 or a noindex or something like that. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's really impossible to say in, in general for a website. but. Like for, for most websites, it's pretty normal that some pages kind of get indexed and show up in the search results. And then at some point, they, they drop out again. And things kind of shuffle around a little bit over time. It's not, it shouldn't be the case. Like Everything is indexed, and then everything disappears. Uh, if it's really the whole website, then that would sound like more like, like a bigger issue. But the, the general, like, Light fluctuations across search are, are kind of expected. Oh, one more question, though. Sure. Uh, 
like currently one of my uh, client's website is suppose like is situated in india so when we do site colon uh, we have let's say x number of urls you know like uh, this many urls has been indexed in this particular uh, from the i think nearest web server might be correct or might be wrong or in indian location however uh, i've been noticing many of the clicks from different different countries but uh, i see if uh, there are few countries where we don't receive any clicks uh, 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 no uh, i've tracked in, in google search console or in google analytics uh, not even one session however those in those particular countries if i do uh, like you know site colon and my particular domain i see like you know 40000 50000 kind of urls however in my own country i see only 500 or 600 that's the usual amount of pages that i have for that particular client so how can this be possible because uh, even i make sure uh, you know like the staging domains have been blocked but countries which has got no relevant like traffic or clicks or impressions or sessions how can when we do you know site colon something in that particular uh, countries we get like 40 uh, and 50000 of of the site colon that that particular number how is that possible sir i i think there are two things uh so on the one hand we don't have separate indexes for individual countries so it's not the case that we have one index for india and one index for i don't know hong kong or or whatever uh it's it's really essentially just one index we have multiple data centers around the world but for the most part that kind of evens itself out over time and that uh, if something is crawled and indexed in one data center then usually it's it's visible in most data centers fairly quickly uh so from from that point of view it's not that there is like a a different number of pages indexed in different countries that definitely shouldn't be the case uh the other thing to keep in mind is that the numbers shown there for for things like site queries are not meant for diagnostics purposes it's is not a reflection of what we actually have indexed it's purely a a very simple approximation based on kind of a very quick look at our index for that specific query uh and it can be off by by several orders of magnitude uh so that's something where i would definitely not use the site colon numbers for anything to try to figure out what what actually does that mean okay okay sure so sure thank you so much thank you sure all right uh christine hi john thanks for doing this always um i have two questions so make it quick uh the first one being we recently added a page to our site that is consistently driving significant traffic engagement and engagement like levels we've never seen before so it's really through the roof uh my question for you is can a single page with extremely high engagement and traffic have an influence on the do domain as a whole do these signals trickle to other pages on the site and play a positive role at that domain level um so i i don't think we would use engagement as as a factor but uh, it is the case that usually pages within a website are interlinked with the rest of the website and uh, through those internal links across the website we do forward some of the signals uh so if we see that a page is is a really good page and we would like to show it in search a lot maybe it also has various external links going there then that gives us a lot of additional context about that page and we can kind of forward some of that to the rest of the website uh so that usually that's a good thing um the the thing i might watch out for is 
if it drives engagement for the kind of things that you care about. Um, that is just something that, that I've sometimes seen where a page might be very visible for certain queries. But when you look at the queries, you're like, well, I don't really want to rank for that. Like, my topic is, is something else. So that might be something just to kind of like uh, uh, take a cautious look at the metrics. Absolutely. Um, thank you. The second question is, for Core Web Vitals, we prioritize our high search pages for product improvements, like anyone else would do. Um, can a subset of pages with poor LCP or CLS say only the video pages on the site that aren't the main or secondary or even tertiary search traffic driving pages on the site impact the rest of the site's overall, overall Core Web Vitals score? So why I mean by this is like, can a group of bad pages with little search traffic in the grand scheme of things actually impact, um, you know, yeah, drag the overall score of the site down? And do we need to prioritize those bad pages, even though they are in high traffic pages? Yeah, uh, usually that wouldn't be a problem. Uh, so the, I, I think there are, there are two aspects there. On, on the one hand, for the Core Web Vitals, we look at a sample of the traffic to those pages, uh, which is, is done through, I don't know, the Chrome user experience report functionality. Um, I believe that's documented on the Chrome side somewhere. Um, but it's, it's essentially a portion of the traffic to your website. Uh, so that means that, for the most part, the things that we will look at the most are really the pages that get the most visits. Uh, so if you have random pages on the side that nobody ever looks at and they're really slow, then those wouldn't be dragging your, your site down. And the other way around as well, if those random pages were really fast, uh, they wouldn't be pulling your site up. Uh, even if it's a lot of random pages, if overall they just don't get a lot of traffic, then we, we don't really care about it. The, the idea there is kind of the, the things that people see should be kind of the I don't know, have a good user experience. Uh, so if most people are seeing a certain portion of your site, then that's kind of the, the part that we want to kind of focus on. Uh, the other thing is with the page experience update, depending on how much data we have for a website, we might split it up into different sections. And uh, we try to do that by understanding which, which pages across a website are essentially similar. And uh, that can be kind of like by type of template or something like that, uh, which means if we can see that all of, I don't know, like say, say for an e-commerce site, all of the product pages are really fast, and maybe we have enough data to look at the product pages separately, then we can kind of have that group of pages kind of treated on its own. And if there is a different kind of page across the site that has enough data that is kind of slow, then we'll say, well, this kind of page is more slow. Uh, so that's kind of the, the second part there in that uh, uh, if you have a, a kind of page that is very slow and we can have we have enough data for that kind of page to understand, well, this is just that part of the website, uh, then just that part will be affected by the, the core web vitals and the page experience update. Got it. So it will be isolated to the content type yeah. or the it, content template. Exactly. It kind of depends on how much traffic those those pages get. Cool. Thank you very much. Cool. All right, uh, Solo Mia. Hi, John. Hope you're doing well. Uh, well, this time I'm only with one question, but rather than city one. 
So uh, can we expect that Google will stop ranking Russian propaganda sites on Russian language inquiries concerning war in Ukraine on demand of EU sanctions? I'm talking about the sites that provide misleading information and detected by EU, like Russia Today and others. Can you please elaborate on the actions of Google here? I, I don't really have any insight in that regard. So I don't really know what, what all is happening there. I, I do know it's it's something that uh, I've, I've seen on Twitter and people talk about it. So I'm pretty sure the, the search quality folks are aware of that, but I don't know what the details are there. Sorry. OK, got it. Thank you. Sure. Um, Hazel. Hi, John. Good to have you, have you here. Uh, so I've got three questions. Uh, the first one is about uh, internal links. So in a previous office hour, you once said that using too many internal links on the same page can dilute their values, and maybe Google won't be able to understand the site structure. So uh, in your opinion, what's the amount of uh, an ideal internal links per page for an e-commerce site with like maybe with millions of pages? I, I don't think there is an optimal number. Um, mm -hmm. the, the part that I would kind of watch out for is that uh, when you crawl the website that you can still recognize there's a structure. Uh, so especially with an e-commerce site that you can still recognize Here's like the, the main homepage. Here's the top level categories, second level categories. And you can kind of still recognize that structure uh, so that it's kind of clear how, how the context is of individual pages. Uh, so for example, it would be problematic. Well, I mean, I guess not really problematic, but it's harder to recognize the structure if every page was linked with every other page. And if you have millions of pages on your website, it's not going to be the case that you have millions of links on every page. Uh, so that's from, from that point of view, I usually don't see any issue with this with e-commerce sites, um, just because the, the I don't know the e-commerce CMSs are, tend to be set up in that way anyway. That you have different levels of categories and then the individual product page at some point. Yeah. So, um, like, yeah, like you said, we don't have like millions of internal links on our page, but we do have some, uh, like, different type of internal links, uh, like some category pages also have category internal links and also have like product product internal links and also like some other like supplier page, um, like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I mean, usually what I'd recommend is trying to use one of the uh, crawlers that you can run on your own, so, something, I don't know, like Screaming Frog, or um, I, I don't know what they're all called. And uh, mm -hmm. most of these let you generate a kind of a graph of the, the internal linking within your website. And it should be something where you have kind of like a clear structure there, where everything is kind of around one central point and kind of like pointing off uh, and kind of growing almost like, I don't know, like tree roots or something. Uh, hard to visualize without showing. Um, but you, usually when you look at that, you recognize, oh, there, there is a structure here. Whereas if it's just a collection of dots and everything is linked with itself and there's no clear uh, visible structure, then usually that's a sign that it's, I don't know, perhaps not ideal. Okay, good. So uh, the pages that linked closer to the home page 
uh, will index faster than pages like far away from the home page. Uh, is this is that right? In most cases, uh, that that'll be true. It it depends a little bit on the individual website. For most websites, the home page is kind of that central place uh, where everything kind of rotates around. Um, for other other websites, it might be that you have one specific category for which the company is known, and then almost like that category page or that main product page is more like the I don't know the central point of the website. Uh, but for for most websites, kind of the the home page is usually that central place. Okay, so the way, uh, I raise, raise uh, this question because we find that our many of our category pages didn't like didn't get indexed faster than other specific pages like product pages, and uh, these category pages um, they have they ha they are on at a formal place uh, like they. Uh, they in they they are closer to the home page, so we are just wondering that if this theory is right, correct? Yeah, I I think a, a difficult part there is also that kind of links closer from the home page is kind of a general rule of thumb, but it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be the case because we we have a lot of systems also in play to try to figure out how often we should recrawl a page. And that depends on on various factors. Like it, it also depends on like how how well it's linked within the website, uh, but also based on what we expect will happen with this page. How often do we think it will change, or how often do we think it will change significantly enough that it's worthwhile to recrawl and reindex it? And uh, that might also be playing a role here. I don't think with e-commerce sites that would be common, but it it could happen that we kind of say, well, category pages tend to link to a lot of product pages, and maybe the price changes are more visible on the product page, so we go to the product page faster. Okay. Uh, okay, understood. John, uh, can so you also just comment the... on, I was going to say, can you comment on the flat hierarchy versus a strict kind of URL hierarchy? Because there's no such thing as closer with a flat structure. Uh, how do you mean? I, I I guess. Well, closer to the home page can be number of clicks to get to the page you want from the home page, or yeah. it can mean sections of the URL if you've got a strict hierarchy in the in the oh. URL. Oh, Whereas okay. It's yeah. Flat. Then there's no such thing as closer to the home page because they're all under one folder structure. Okay, yeah. Um, for for us, we don't care so much about the folder structure. We re essentially focus on the internal linking, and uh, it's also kind of links from the home page, not links to the home page. Uh, so from from that point of view, if you have the, a URL structure that doesn't have any subdirectories at all, we we still see that structure based on the internal linking, and a lot of times the Kind of the, um, I don't know, the architecture of the website is visible in the URL structure, but it doesn't have to be the case. Uh, so just looking at the number of slashes, for example, in a URL doesn't tell us that this is lower level or higher level. It's really like from the home page or from the primary page, how, how quickly can we reach that specific page? And that's, that's 
like still just that one part where we kind of say, well, uh, within the the general page rank calculations, kind of that plays in there, um, but it's like the other stuff also still plays in. Where it's like how often we think a page will actually change. I, I think you had a, another question, Hazel. Or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the second question is about index pages. So the number of index pages of our site has increased, increased like significantly, uh, like more than uh, thirty percent. So, but the traffic only has increased by two percent. So. Uh, and since there are millions of pages in our site and uh, these index pages, these pages are indexed. So it means the page quality is, is okay, but um, these index pages don't, didn't bring the same level of traffic to the site in our, in our opinion. So, so we think the traffic driving ability of these pages are not so good. So in this way, how 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 can we increase the traffic, and any tips to improve this? Increase the traffic. I I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think there's one simple trick to kind of just getting more traffic. I I I think with especially with an e-commerce site, it's probably normal that you have this growth of index pages first, and then at some later stage. Uh, maybe more traffic because more people are looking for more specific items across your website. Uh, but it mm -hmm. can also be the case that we just index a lot more pages. And then over time, we realize, well, actually, these pages are not bringing that much usefulness to, to the search results. Maybe we'll have to drop some of those again and focus on a different part of your website. Um, mm -hmm. But I. I wouldn't see it as, as a problem, per se, in that like, you have 30% more pages, but only 2% more traffic. Um, some, yeah. Sometimes that's just normal, because you have products that, that are important and useful, but they just don't get a lot of traffic. And those, those are just as useful, even if they just get a few visitors, I don't know, every day or whenever. Sure, sure. Uh, also, I I got you. I got you. And also, one last question is um is like a general one. So, for large e-commerce sites, how to improve the perceived quality of whole website at Google's site? So, many like blog articles, uh, maybe back backlinks, and maybe some content quality. But um, for e-commerce sites, we don't know how to like. Uh, improve our content quality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also don't think there's this one trick that you can do. I, I think we, we've given some, some tips of things that you can focus on with the reviews updates uh, that we've done for, for product reviews. Some of that might apply. Um, but I, I don't think there's like one, one solution to improving the overall quality of, of any larger website, and especially on the e-commerce site, I imagine that's quite tricky. And mm -hmm. uh, there are sometimes things like um, working to improve the quality of the reviews that people leave, uh, if it's user-generated reviews, for example, um, making sure that you're highlighting the, the useful reviews, for example. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like a, a lot of things come in there. What, 
I usually recommend is that people do some kind of a, a user study in that they take some people who are not directly associated with your website and have them run through some tasks on your website and on other people's websites and uh, try to get as objective feedback as possible from them. Uh, so I don't know. What is it? Maybe five years longer, probably. Uh, we did a blog post specific for a Panda update about 20-something mm -hmm. questions that you can ask yourself about the quality of your website. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I find those kind of questions really useful. And uh, doing a user study usually brings up some ideas of things that maybe you missed or maybe you didn't want to accept for whatever reason. Uh, so that's kind of the direction I would go, not focus on purely like, well, for SEO, I will make a blog, or for SEO, I will try to do some link building campaign or something like that, uh, but rather try to really work together with real people and figure out where are some areas that you can improve. And it might be that it ends up like you, you improve the design of your website, and that changes the perception of users significantly enough that we can pick up some of that and use that for our ranking as well. Um, it's, it's really hard to say. OK, so it's like um, care about the users and then the site will, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, very simplified. That's is essentially it. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. it's, it's not very directly actionable. Like you can't send your users cake, and they'll be happy, and then your site, website will rank higher. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I got you. Thanks. OK. Cool. Uh, Pavel. Hello. I posted my question on YouTube, but I'm going to say it now just because I'm doing it anyway. Um, we have looked at um, the crawl stats reports on the Search Console and have been trying to identify if there might be some issue on the technical side with Google crawling our website. Uh, what are some of the signals or things to identify that will point us if Google is struggling to crawl something, or if Google bot is distracted by, I don't know, uh, files that are irrelevant uh, and things that it's trying to index that are irrelevant for us. Um, so I, I think in your question, you also mentioned that it's a fairly small site. Is that correct? Yes, fairly yeah. small, um, maybe five or six months old. OK. So my. My guess is the crawl stats report will not be useful for you in, in that case. Because with, with the crawl stats report, you're really looking at an aggregate view of the crawling of your website. And usually that makes more sense if you have something like, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand pages. Uh, then you can look at that and say, oh, well, on average, the crawling is slow. Whereas if you have a, a website that has, I don't know, maybe around 100 pages or so, uh, then essentially, even if the crawling is really, really slow, then those 100 pages, we, we can still get them. Like once a day, worst case, maybe once a week. It's not going to be a technical issue with regards to crawling. It's essentially more a matter of understanding that the website actually offers something unique and valuable that we need to have indexed. Uh, so less an issue about the crawling side, more about the indexing side. The exception there would be if there's really a, a big technical issue with your website. Uh, but that's something that you would see right away, because you would probably check individual of these URLs and notice, oh, Google can't crawl them at all. 
like there's an error that's returned or uh, there's a no index that's returned. And that would be very obvious. Um, so my, my assumption there, especially for a smaller website, is that it's really a matter of kind of making sure that Google understands the value of the website and uh, that it knows that it makes sense to index as much as possible. Because the crawling side is not going to be the limiting factor. It's really more like, well, you have to convince Google first that actually it should try to crawl. OK. And just to confirm, you said that the crawl stats are not, it's not an exhaustive report. It's a sample and should be treated as a sample. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the numbers shown in the report would be complete, but maybe the the URLs that are shown there, I believe that's only limited to something like a thousand. Um, I I don't know offhand, um, but the the graphs uh, that should be essentially complete. Um, the thing that sometimes throws people off with the crawl stats report is that it includes other. Um, systems within Google that use the same Googlebot infrastructure. Uh, so for example, if you run ads, then I believe like the ads landing page checks, they also go through that infrastructure. Uh, if you have product listing ads, those also go through that infrastructure. Uh, so sometimes you'll see a number that is much higher than if you look in your log files and just look for Googlebot, uh, just because there are different things that run on the same infrastructure, and we treat them the same, uh, but it's not purely web search. Thanks. Cool. Um, all right, Ankit. Hey, John. Hi. Yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, I have a question, and it's a kind of lengthy one. So there is a problem going on with me. Uh, I have a new website. So what's the issue is going on? I've been running this website for three three years. So everything is perfect and good. So, so this month, I also asked you this question on last Hangout. But the problem also comes bigger. Now it has grown. So like on 1st March, my website homepage, like it was gone from the search results, completely gone from the OK, I can. It's a kind of Google thing. So I ran everything. I kind of do everything. I tried many things, but the home page was not in the search results. But there's an interesting thing in the Google Search Console. For every keyword, Search Console is saying I'm still ranking on first position. For that, every keyword I was ranking before first March. But the significant amount of impression and clicks has gone uh, about 90% has gone, but the rankings and the CTR is same. For about one week, I tried everything, but nothing works out for me. I have also gone for central health forms and everything, but nothing. So I take a bold step. I migrate the website to a whole new domain. So in a couple of hours, everything gets indexed. About 100 pages get indexed in a couple of hours, and the new website in three hours, ranking on the first position for those keywords. Everything was good and redirection is proper. Everything has take care of. After three days, the same problem happens with the new website also. The home page, only the home page gone for the search results. And, but the search console is still saying that I'm ranking on the first position for it, but I can't find my website in the search. I tried many devices, different devices, IPs, 
but I can't find my website on those keywords, specifically my own page. But Google Search Console is saying I'm still ranking on the first position still. For every day I'm checking, it's still ranking on the first position. I don't know I'm out of option now. No, I can't. I don't know what I should do. Um, what I I would do first first of all is try to figure out if it's a technical issue or not. And yeah. One, what one way you could try to find out more there is to use the URL inspection tool. And yeah, uh, I did the URL inspection tool with the old website also. Everything is there's no error in the search console. I tried different crawlers also screen for everything. Everything is good. There's no error in everything. And now I also switched to AMP for and the core web vitals are hundred percent for the old website also and for the new ones also. Uh, there's no error in the technical point of view, nothing uh, like it's a home page. I kind of not say it's a quality issue because it can happen because it's a Google thing, but it's I don't think it's a kind of quality thing because search console is still saying I'm ranking on the first position, but I can't find my website. And the traffic has also gone like 90% off. I'm still getting the traffic from those keywords, but I can't find my website. I tried different IPs, countries, search engine, devices, but I can't find my website anywhere. Yeah. I I mean the the check with the URL inspection tool is mostly to determine is is the page indexed or not. And uh, yeah, from indexed. from what you're explaining, it's say it's indexed, but it's not ranking. Yeah. At least when you search. And uh, the thing with I I think the the performance report in Search Console, especially the position number there, is that is based on what people actually saw. And it can be the case that a small number of people saw your website, but when they did see it, uh, it was ranking really well. And uh, in those cases, we would say, well. Like that ranking is what we saw. Uh, it's not. It doesn't mean that it will always be ranking that high when people search. It might be that uh, for a short period of time it's ranking at number one, and then for a longer period of time it's ranking at I don't know position two hundred, for example. And if nobody goes to number two hundred, then the only thing we see is that number one ranking, and that's what we would show in Search Console then, because we just essentially report on what people actually saw. And kind of that, um, the, the history that, that you said there with regards to I moved to a new domain for a brief time, it was very good, and then it disappeared again. To me, that hints very much at, at a bigger quality issue, where when Google Systems was able to understand your website again, it was like, well, we're not convinced. And uh, kind of that period in between when Google says, well, we, we don't know much about this website yet. We will try to do, kind of like treat it as something reasonable. Uh, that's kind of that time when Google wasn't even able to understand your website that well. So to me, like without knowing your website, that sounds a lot like a quality issue and uh, sounds like something where it, it might help to have multiple people who are not associated with the website to also give you some tips. And kind of say like, here's what you should be doing differently, or what you could be doing differently. And I I think as a site owner, when you're running the website, you're making the website. It's sometimes really hard to take this kind of feedback, uh, but it's 
I, I think it's important, especially if you care about kind of the bigger picture and the search traffic side of things. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that also. So I work for that also for the user user feedback. I I have community or some social networks for this website. Uh, I also ask them, but uh, they also said that they are not finding my website in the search results. But I don't know. I am checking for everyday performance report i am still getting the same like there is no drop in the ranking and in the ctr but there is a drop in the performance and the click like impression in the yeah. clicks and yeah still there yeah. i don't know what can i do i'm still generating the content i'm still posting my new content daily but it doesn't helping me a lot so i don't know what should i do right now and uh, for the most part, I, I will try to get some feedback. I, I, yeah, still, they, I will try to get some feedback from people who are also. not in your community already, like people who, who don't already go to your website. Uh, try to get as sure, kind yeah. of like as neutral as possible. Um, because it's, it's always sure, if yeah. people are already going to a website or if they're making similar websites themselves, and they'll say, oh, yeah, your, your website is fine because it's just like mine. And they don't realize, well, actually, my website is also bad. Uh, so that's something where really mm -hmm. trying to get neutral people, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, but it's sure. hard. I will yeah. do that. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah there is one interesting thing also with this regards when you send me the screenshot like for the same queries in the search console in the google chrome when they change the language like in the mobile days in the footer language option you can change the language when they change the language for the same keyword in the my website is ranking on the first position for every language they change for that keyword but when they go on the english version and the website is not in like in 10 pages also but for most of other languages still ranking there i think that this ranking coming from there i think i don't know what that could be the case yeah so sometimes you can drill down in search console to try to get more details um i i, I had an issue with my website where it was ranking very high for some term that i wasn't aware of and it turned out it was only one specific country where where it was like that and yeah. at some point that went away and fixed itself but it's it was weird because i i could never see it like that but it was that one specific setting or country and then then you see it like that yeah so it can be a matter of time i should stay on this and maybe in a cup maybe with the time I, google will i wouldn't wait i would i would really try to see what you can do to improve there uh, because it it can happen that it like pops back in for a bit, but I would assume that that will also be very temporary, and disappear again. Uh, so you really need to kind of convince Google's algorithms really strongly that this is a fantastic website. Sure, I will do that. Thanks, Jim. Cool. Good luck. Okay, let me run through some of the submitted questions. Um, seem to be running low on time already, um, but let's see. 
why might there be tiny differences in synonyms or search terms uh, that make such a big difference in ranking position? And uh, kind of the example they gave here was edit video, and then for the query video editor, the page is nowhere to be found. Um, so from our point of view, that, that can be completely normal. And uh, that's something where, on the one hand, we do try to understand things like synonyms on, in a query, but uh, we also try to look at the, I, I guess, like the full context of the query. And uh, especially when it comes to synonyms, we might assume that something is like mostly a synonym, but that doesn't mean that it's completely a synonym. And especially when you're looking at something like edit video versus video editor, the, the kind of the expectations from the user side are a little bit different. Like on the one hand, like you want to edit a video. On the other hand, you might want to download a video editor. And it seems very similar, but kind of the, the things that the users want there are slightly different. Uh, so from my point of view, that kind of makes sense that we would show different rankings there. And we, we have the same with um, things like slightly different spellings of words, like if you have the, the British or the American version of an English word, if you have a, a word or a letter with an accent and it doesn't have an accent, we understand that these are mostly the same, but we also understand that they're slightly different. And we try to show search results that kind of take that into account. Um, let's see. Questions about FAQs. Uh, I have two websites. One of them is a service website. The other is a recipe website. Uh, so on the service website, I have different FAQs based on different city pages for my services. Do I have to create separate pages for FAQs, or can I just add them to the same city pages? And uh, from our point of view, you can do whatever you want. Uh, so the FAQ rich result type can be shown in the search results, and uh, it's not guaranteed that it's always shown, but it, it could be. And uh, it's shown for the page where we found that markup. So if you make a separate page with the FAQ markup on it, and that separate page is shown in the search results, then we can show it. If that separate page is not shown, then we wouldn't be able to show it. Uh, and let's see, I think the same applies to, to the recipe website example there. Uh, we've seen that most recipe websites are not providing very useful information in my country, and we try to change that by providing more useful information and going to the point of adding FAQs to every recipe. Uh, what is the best way to add these FAQs? And again, from my, my point of view, it's totally up to you. Uh, the, the one thing I would watch out for in, in cases like this where you have multiple rich results types that are potentially relevant for your pages is that uh, some of these types we can combine, and some of them we can't really combine that well. Uh, I don't know specifically when it comes to recipes if we can combine them or if we essentially have to choose one or the other. And if you, have, if you notice that no other recipe website has kind of like the recipe rich snippet plus the FAQ section on the bottom, uh, then probably we can't combine, combine those. And uh, then it's probably better for you to pick which type of rich result type you really want to have shown and to focus on purely that type. Um, let me see. I think there was a question in the chat. Uh, wouldn't competing schema not be a good thing? Um, yeah, that's that's essentially uh, wh what I was meaning there. In that, uh, if you have different rich results types which can't be combined, then our systems have to pick one. Uh, 
And uh, if you have a preference, which one you prefer, then I would just make sure that you just have that one. Um, Google explains in its subscription and paywall content guidelines that a specific schema must be added to a page in order to uh, share paywalled content into the index and not trigger a cloaking penalty. After implementing this, however, the rich results test does not seem to identify this enhancement. How can we be sure that Google has detected the enhancement and that we aren't inadvertently risking a cloaking penalty? Uh, so I assume the rich results test will show this, but I haven't actually checked it uh, because the rich results test, for the most part, focuses on what Google actually would show in the search result as a rich results type. And uh, essentially, the paywall content is probably not one of the things that we would show as a specific rich result type. So it's possible that we wouldn't show that in that test. Uh, one simple way to do that is to make a very simple test page and just test that page individually. Uh, the other test that you can do to make sure that Google is actually seeing the full content with the markup is the normal URL inspection test, where you can do a live fetch of the page. And you can look at the HTML that is generated for that page. And you could copy that out into an editor and double check to make sure that your uh, your kind of the structured data that you want to have visible there is actually shown. So that's kind of the direction I would head there. Um, we, let's see. You recently reiterated the importance of internal linking to signal to Google how important specific content on a site is. I want to know, are links within certain sections of a site looked at differently? For example, if a page is linked uh, within a header or a footer and therefore included on every page of a site, does Google view those links differently than links uh, within the body of a page? Uh, we don't really differentiate there. Uh, so if like things are linked in your footer of the page and they're linked from across the whole website, then from our point of view, you have those links from across your whole website. It's not the case that we would say, oh, like links in a footer have less weight or are not as useful. We will ignore them or anything like that. Uh, so from that point of view, when it comes to links, we, we essentially just see them as links on a page. It's slightly different when it comes to text in there in that we try to understand what the primary content is of a page. And when it comes to ranking relative to the other content on your website, We'll try to focus on that primary content section of the page. But links, from our point of view, just help us to better understand the site structure. And uh, whether they're in the header or in the footer or in the sidebar or the main content, that doesn't really change anything for us. Um, our question is, does mobile-first indexing help with search rankings? Our website is still being crawled by Googlebot Desktop, and we can't figure out why uh, it isn't switching to mobile-first. We've been through the Google documentation and troubleshooting, but nothing jumps out. Uh, would moving across to a progressive web app and offline support help? Uh, so first of all, mobile-first indexing does not change anything for ranking. Uh, so it's not the case that you need to force any kind of a move to mobile-first indexing. Uh, it's purely a matter of indexing and picking out the content that we would use on a website. Uh, so from that point of view, I would not worry about this. If your website works fine on mobile, then at some point it'll be switched over. I believe there's still some sites that are left that we haven't switched over yet. Uh, but for the most part, we've switched I guess most sites over. 
And uh, those that are kind of remaining, we, we continue to double check them when they're ready. And when we think they're ready, we'll just switch them over. Uh, but it's not the case that you would notice any ranking change there unless the mobile version is significantly different from the desktop version. And that would also be a reason for us not to switch over to mobile-first indexing. And if the mobile version is significantly different and we did use mobile-first indexing for your site, then we would essentially just index your content based on the mobile version. And if there's more content on a desktop version, we would ignore that. Uh, so. From that point of view, I wouldn't try to force this. Um, moving to a progressive web app is something you, you can do, but I don't think it would affect how mobile-first indexing looks at your website. And usually, when it comes to progressive web app, usually they're JavaScript framework websites. And usually, that brings a, a whole set of other challenges that come with that, in that you need to make sure that Google can actually see your content, because JavaScript is something that we can usually render and handle well, but it's not always as easy as a pure static HTML page. Uh, on our website, we have a lot of shortcuts, um, such as, I guess, like the English version would be EG for, for example. Um, how does Google handle, handle that? And the short answer is we don't do anything special with those kind of things. We essentially treat them as tokens on a page. Uh, and a token is essentially kind of like a word or a phrase on a page. And uh, we would probably recognize that there are known synonyms for some of these and understand that a little bit. Uh, but we, we wouldn't really do anything specific there in that we like, have a glossary of what this abbreviation means and handle that in a specific way. Uh, so that's something where, especially when it comes to synonyms, our systems learn these over time. And for the most part, we handle them when people search and not when we do the indexing. Uh, there's a video with Paul Haar on the um, Search Central YouTube channel uh, from an event, I think, like maybe December 2020 or 2019, I don't know, uh, a while back. And uh, he's one of the engineers who works on the search quality side at Google. And in that video, he goes through some of the uh, synonyms, challenges that we've run across in the past. And I found that super interesting to look at and probably also gives you some ideas on how we might handle some of these uh, kind of expansions uh, when it comes to abbreviations. Uh, let me just. Take maybe one quick one here more, and then we go back to live questions. Um, I have a website related to JavaScript and pre-rendering using Angular. Currently, it's impossible to change to server-side rendering and wondering what other solutions uh, for JavaScript SEO that I can try. Um, so I would recommend taking a look at uh, the videos on our YouTube channel from Martin Split. Uh, he's essentially been focusing on the, the JavaScript side of things around search. And he has a lot of information on what you can do to test your pages and make sure that they work well in search. Uh, we've also expanded the documentation there over time uh, so that there's a lot of information on how you can test to make sure that Google can understand your pages. And server-side rendering is not a requirement there. We can render JavaScript-based pages for the most part. Uh, like I mentioned before, sometimes it's a bit tricky, and it's worth double checking. But uh, we, we have the testing tools. You can try it out. Maybe your setup just works by default. 
a lot of the JavaScript frameworks, they essentially just work without any specific changes. Um, cool. OK. Um, back to people with their hands up. And I have a bit more time afterwards, too, if you want to stick around and ask more questions. Let's see. Matthew. Hi there. Hi, John. Um, Hi. So we ran into a bit of a tiger trap, I would say, in terms of how rich recipe results. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of recipes which are indexed, and they lots of traffic coming through from the recipe gallery. And then suddenly, or not suddenly, over a period of time, it stopped. And all of the metadata checked out, and Google was the search console was saying, yep, this is all rich recipe content. It's all good. It can be shown. Uh, we finally noticed that in the preview, when you previewed a result, the image was missing. And it seems that there was a change at Google, and that if a robots.txt was required in order for images to be retrieved. But nothing we could see in, in the tools was actually saying anything was invalid. And so it's a bit awkward, right, when you check something to say, is this a valid rich recipe result? And it says, yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. We've got all the metadata. And you check all the URLs and all the images are right. But it turns out behind the scenes, there was a new requirement that you have a robots.txt. How, how do you mean that you had to have a robots.txt? What we found is, if you requested the robots.txt from our CDN, it gave you like a, a, a 500. Uh, when we put a robots.txt there, immediately the previews started appearing correctly. And that involves crawling and putting it onto the static site, I think. So we are, we, it, 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 operationally, we found adding that robots.txt did the job. Yeah, OK. I so, so from our point of view, it's not that a robots.txt file is required, but it has to have a, a proper result code. So if you don't have one, it should return 404. Uh, if you do have one, then we, we can obviously read that. Uh, but if you return a server error for the robots.txt file, then our systems will assume that maybe there's an issue with the server and we won't crawl. And uh, that's kind of something that's that's been like that since the beginning. Um, but uh, the, these kind of issues where, especially when you're on a CDN and it's on a separate host name, uh, sometimes that's, that's really hard to spot. Um, and I imagine the, the rich results test, at least as far as I know, it focuses on the content that is on the HTML page. So the, the JSON-LD markup that you have there, it probably doesn't check to see if the images are actually fetchable. And then if they can't be fetched, then of course we can't use them in the carousel too. So that might be something that we need to figure out how to highlight better. Yeah, if there was some way for it to show up that something couldn't be retrieved, because I think across search console, everything was happy. Uh, yeah, that, that was the challenge. And, and in fact, the pages were coming up everywhere else and were highly ranked. So it's just a difficult one. If there's a way to say, yeah, we, we couldn't harvest something, these images couldn't be harvested, that would be valuable. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. OK, cool. I'll pass that on. Um, let's see. Um, I, I think time-wise, we're pretty close. So maybe I'll just pause the recording here, and then we can continue uh, with the rest of the folks that have their hands up. Um, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for sticking around uh, until the end. Uh, if you'd like to submit your own questions, we have the, uh, the thread open in the community section. And usually, I open it a couple of days before the session takes place. So you can drop your questions there, or you can join us in person, of course, as well. Um, thanks for joining in. Thanks for all of the, the questions and comments along the way. And uh, I wish you all a great weekend.
All right, let me pause.